everybody, and welcome to this edition of the Sunshine Boys podcast. I'm Jim Williams, your host, along with the Sunshine Boys themselves, Joe Henderson, Ira Kaufman, and up in Boston, uh, Tim Williams. Guys, uh, you know, it's time to, we've had a little opportunity now to uh, reflect on the NFL draft. And by the way, just uh, from my own standpoint, I don't think they'll ever hold it inside at Radio City Music Hall again after what happened in Philly this past uh, week. I mean, they just killed it in Philly. They did an outstanding job, um, outstanding booing at the right time and uh, cheering <laughs> at the right time and all kinds of great stuff. And, you know, we will be testing, um, you know, people on spelling the Jets properly. But other than that, I thought the, it was a lot of fun. Boy, anybody uh, who thinks uh, Joe, anybody who thinks the NFL is in trouble and uh, you know the popularity's waning, and look at the look at some of the ratings on on Thursday Night Football, all you have to do is watch uh, all these yahoos come out. Joe, seventy thousand people, whatever it was, uh, had two hundred thousand over the weekend. I mean, over the three day period, Ira. Joe, there's, um, there's the NFL, and there's everybody else, right, Joe? That's the way uh, pretty much. For the record, for the record um, Philadelphia. Lives- Listeners, that was Ira Kaufman who called you Yahoo. So, uh, you can reach him uh, through email or on Twitter, um, or just but, reach when you come to Clearwater, find him. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's right. or whatever. Um, but here's um, here's the thing that struck me was yeah, the enthusiasm was great. Uh, I think it was genuine. We've all been to Philly, and uh, those folks don't mess around. But um, camera angles showing the absolutely overwhelming uh, size of the crowd. Now, where they did go off the rails, they got really hokey with uh, letting quote-unquote celebrities from the hometown uh, announce some of the later picks. Um, oh, yeah. That... You know, Jim Cramer from Mad Money. I, I had to switch the channel. It was like, <laughs> shut the hell up and tell me who they picked, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, Mike Mayock uh, threatened to walk off the stage uh, at one point if mm-hmm. if the the charade continued. So uh, they need to nix that. But mm-hmm. uh, on the other hand, you know what? They've had hard knocks. Uh, is coming to Tampa Bay. Why not the draft next year? You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. Picture that down along Channel side uh, with uh, with some of that with the the Bucks coming off a playoff season. Uh, I'm all in on that. There you hey, go. Joe, uh, now, Jim, if they do it in Philly uh, again next year, which they might, mm-hmm. um, you know, when the Bucks make their second round pick, I, I you got to have Rondé Barber standing there. You absolutely have to have Barber mm-hmm. because if you think uh, if you think Drew Pearson got booed, uh, <laughs> Barber gets up there because he shut down the vet with with the biggest play in Buck history, and uh, Joe, you know, he'd get a warm greeting from the Philly fans. Uh, they're a, they're an understanding folks. They really. The Bucks were just trying to to win, and and they respect that. And then, uh, no, he'd he'd get crushed. I was about to say, what, <laughs> what would, part of Philadelphia were you at? <laughs> he would love every second of it, and so would everybody in in Tampa and probably across the country. So I'm I'm with you on that one. Everybody's up there on a tasty cake high. Okay, so um, speaking of tasty cake high. Um, how about the Buccaneers draft? They, uh, everybody uh, around this, the country seemed to feel as if, um, you know, they, uh, they did, uh, they did quite well. Well, you know, I, 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 good, uh, 
Go ahead, Tim. Go ahead. I was saying last week on on this podcast, I thought the best player in this draft or the most talented player in this draft was O.J. Howard. I expected him to be a top five pick. And as I started to watch the draft and watch him fall, it became more believable that maybe he'd be on the board at 19. And I know that's not where we were looking. We were thinking maybe the Bucks were looking to draft a running back or an offensive lineman and improve that running game somehow. But when Howard was still on the board, it became an obvious pick. And I think it's a at least in the hasn't played down in the NFL, so we can all speak academically since the Bucks got a steal. But that's that remains to be seen on the field. But certainly on paper, they got a steal. Speaking about on paper, Jim, Joe and I have been watching this team closely for a long, long time. And I think even Henderson would agree with me, even though he doesn't like to, that uh, this is by far, by far, on paper, uh, the best receiving core slash target uh, in franchise history. It's not even close. Um, This team has never been known for its offense. Let's be honest. Even when they were winning a lot of games. It was all Sapp and Brooks and Leroy Selman in 79. Uh, This team's never scared anybody. Uh, But on paper, even though they got some questions in the backfield, uh, look at this array of of weapons, Joseph, for Mr. Jameis Winston. Yeah, it's... The the anticipation has already started to build for what this offense can become. And kind of the forgotten guy in all this is Cameron Brait, who had a hell of a season last year at tight end. Now the Bucks will be able to have two great weapons at tight end, uh, assuming O.J. Howard is what everyone says he is. And how many teams can say that? Um, they, they, they'll they go three, maybe four deep at receiver. Miss um, Winston has, has certainly shown that he can uh, strike quickly. Uh, who do you cover, Ira? Who do you cover if you're a defensive coordinator? Who do you say, okay, we got to stop him? Who's it, who's it going to be? And, Jim, you know, a guy like Dirk Cutter, you know, mm-hmm. the reason he's got his job is really his relationship with Winston and mm-hmm. his, pedi- his pedigree in, in, as a play caller. And mm-hmm. he felt very hamstrung last year when the season ended, the number one priority. we we got to have some speed. we got to have some speed on the flanks, a guy who can turn a – uh, a 12-yard slant into a, a 60-yard touchdown. That's Deshaun Jackson. So, Jim, you know, everything seems to be set. Now, a lot can happen between here and, you know, they're already underdogs week one in Miami. The Bucks are two-point underdogs. So, I think the, uh, the early over-under win totals, Tim, have come out in Vegas. The first one I've seen has the Bucks at eight. So, Buck fans are going crazy here with these weapons. But, Tim, unless you use them properly, uh, this this thing could fall apart too, and they'll face a tougher schedule this year than they did last year. Nine and seven was a great season for the Bucks. Lots to be happy about, but they also faced a, a pretty relatively easy schedule this year. They're going to be facing a tougher one, and that includes what should be an improved NFC South. Now, a lot of people are expecting maybe Atlanta will be reeling after that shocking Super Bowl loss where they got beaten. But certainly Carolina is not going to be as bad as they were last year. Last season seemed very fluky on that part. And the Saints, well, they might not have much of a defense, but the Saints are still going to put up some points. So 
those are going to be tough opponents. They have to play those teams twice, and then they get a tougher schedule in general. So it's going to be a little bit of an uphill battle with a bunch of teams like that first-week opponent in the Dolphins that are pretty good in their own right as well. Well, let's, Dylan, let's just, yeah, this, hold on. Let, I was just going to ask you a question. Best schedule. Go let's ahead. Just, let, let's take a look at that schedule. Okay. Yeah, they're at the Dolphins, as we noted on opening on opening day. Uh, the Bears in week two. It, when? At, uh, at the Vikings. Okay, you got the Giants. Here's the stretch that will define whether they can be in position to make a serious playoff run. They have a, a, a four-game stretch from weeks three, four, five, and six, where you're at Minnesota, they play the Giants at home, come back on Thursday night with uh, this team called the Patriots. Have you heard of them? I've heard of them. And Is then it? they follow up with trip. Um, and we all know how that ended last year. So – you start playing the well. What do you got to? What do you got to be coming out of that that schedule? That first half of the schedule is a is a monster. Now, if they can emerge from the first half of the season in good shape, uh, it lightens up a lot the second half. And and to Tim's point about the uh, Saints, I think the Bucks might put up sixty on that defense. I'm just saying. <laughs> And give up. Uh, yes, Jim, you were going to ask me something. Yeah, I was going to ask you and Ira, you know, obviously they address the, the offensive side of the ball, and there's no question that's phenomenal. But, you know, are the concerns on the defensive side? I don't think there's any question, Jim. You know, uh, I might be talking out of school here. I, I like the, the, the panel to weigh in on this. But the Bucks were sitting at number 50, second round. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, I, I kept looking at this one guy. Uh, you know, I, he's a tweener, he's this, he's that. Every time I saw this guy play, he was unblockable. He was a monster. And, and that's Demarcus Walker. Uh, we talked, I've talked about him before on this yeah. podcast. Mm-hmm. And he's sitting there at 50, and they don't take him. They take a safety who apparently has tackling issues. That doesn't sound too good. Not uh, if you're a safety, no. <laughs> uh, you know, within two minutes and 12 seconds, uh, DeMarcus Walker is then selected by the Broncos, uh, who somehow think he can help them. Um, the Buck pass rush, and Joe will attest, is ordinary. It's mediocre. It, it has been since uh, Simeon Rice and uh, Sapp left town. Um, that's a long time ago. Uh, yeah, Noah Spence had a decent rookie season, but I don't see much coming off that edge. And, you know, in a division like this, Guys, when you're playing these quarterbacks twice a year, you, you better bring the heat. And remember last year when the Bucks went to Dallas and New Orleans, uh, no pass rush, zero. Prescott killed them, Breeze killed them, and the Bucks ended up on the outside looking in. So, Joe, uh, I don't know. So, somebody tell me why DeMarcus Walker's not going to be a good pro. Somebody. That, that's a great question, uh, Ira. And the biggest thing that that you that you're concerned about as you noted about Justin Evans who was their their second round DB that they picked from Texas A&M is the tackling issue but he's got to start I mean they they're really thin back there he has to come in and yeah. start and if we really want to be snarky and <clears throat> why would I ever be that uh, we could point out that uh, general manager Jason Light um, seems to have issues in the second round 
<laughs> because we, we can go back uh, to a certain place kicker that he traded up to get last year. And uh, we saw how that worked out. So you better be right about Justin Evans. But other than that, uh, pretty doggone good draft. I think uh, uh, Kendall Beckworth uh, in yeah. the third round, the, uh, the linebacker from LSU. And, um, you know, if he's anything like Quan Alexander out of LSU, they got, him, they got themselves a good one here. And uh, he, can, he can add some stuff to, to the pass rush. Now, he is, as we know, uh, coming off the ACL injury. And, um, but, um, and God win will help Joe as that receiver. Exactly. Exactly. He's a decent prospect. Yeah. So are there any undrafted free agents that they, um, that they're bringing in that you guys, um, started looking at and say, Hey, you know, maybe this guy can help. Come on, they just signed two ex-trib employees, Jim. I mean, it's uh, <laughs> it, 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 it's scarce pickings out there. Come on, you you can't just expect. Ask uh, just asking. Just asking. The only guy that can pull that off is Belichick up in uh, Tim's neck of the woods, and uh, you know somehow New England's going to come up with, uh, with with three contributors in in, in this draft uh, without a lot of picks because that's what happens in New England. It's what they well, do. You don't you don't believe. Uh, it, in the uh, picking up off the uh, the peep ira i mean that's remember uh, for as much as we've criticized um, Mark Dominic around here he did get Garrett Blunt as an undrafted free agent and um it'd been nice if he'd had this the kind of success in Tampa that he's having in uh, New England but at least he was a talent and yeah uh, it, it it does happen Joe you're right it, it does happen it does happen but but, In fact, we've already uh, mentioned Cameron Brait in this podcast, another undrafted free agent who plays there, for the There Bucks. you go. There you go. So, you know, we'll see. I mean, these are these are obviously guys that you take a flyer on. You bring them in, uh, work them out. If, they, if it doesn't work out, you say, well, thanks for coming. Uh, here's a T-shirt to remember your time in Tampa Bay. But uh, Okay, so Rice Aroni. Yeah, I mean it is it is shaping up. Let's just be honest. Barring injury, we always have to say that in the NFL, um, if, if, that this could be a very uh, a special Bucks team. But Ira, something nobody's talking about. What do they do if Jameis Winston gets hurt? That's outstanding, Joe. That's outstanding. Um, what do they do, Jim? They got two guys behind them. Named Remtree and Griffin, neither mm-hmm. has thrown an NFL pass. Neither. Um, say what you want about Mike Glennon, but I think he was one of the better backups. At mm-hmm. least we can say that about Glennon. Right. Uh, Chicago thinks so too. You know. Uh, yeah. Now Glennon's all pissed off, Jim, because he 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 signed with the Bears and looks right. like he's not going to be the quarterback of the future. But I'm not going to feel sorry for Glennon, gentlemen. He just pocketed 15 mil. Right. So, yeah. I can't feel too bad, but Joe has to, you know, look, so many of these teams, Jim, with marquee mm-hmm. quarterbacks, uh, you know, franchise quarterbacks, they they got nothing behind them. Uh, of course, uh, Tim's about to tell us that uh, that the Patriots have a future uh, pro bowler in Garoppolo, and I'm not going to argue with him. But in Tampa, they've got absolutely nothing behind Winston. He hasn't basically, has not missed a snap. Jim in two years, but can you really, can you really count on that, Jim, going forward? You know, in the NFL, you always have to have two quarterbacks because you just never know. I mean, 
no matter how good you are, you you've got that uh, that situation where something can happen, and uh, you know it's tough. But uh, before we get to Tim on the on the the England side, um, Ira, uh, it's quite possible that before he's ever been involved in a single game. Uh, that John Lynch might become executive of the year in 2017 for <laughs> what he did on, uh, you know, what he did on draft day. Hey guys, uh, you know, I, I might use that as a, as one of my arguments uh, in the Hall of Fame room. I'm, I'm running out of arguments with, with Lynch, but uh, I think he 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 might have been the standout. Uh, now look, that Chicago thing landed in his lap, just like O.J. Howard landed in Light's lap. I can't give Light credit, but Light at least pulled the trigger on Howard and, and said no to Dalvin Cook, so you give him that. But, you know, that move from three to two, now all of a sudden Lynch has extra draft picks. Uh, they get two stud defensive players, Joe. Uh, and, and who does Lynch draft? He drafts defense. Uh, are we shocked? Are we surprised? Long way to go in San Francisco, obviously, quarterback right. issue, huge. But, uh, Joe, heck of a night for John Lynch. Oh, outstanding. And... Um, bad night uh, for Chicago. Uh, to they, that was, I mean, he basically snookered them big time, and um, good for good on him. And I think we all know Ira and everybody. Uh, John Lynch is one of the smartest guys out there, and he is going to build that team the right way. He's got his coach. He's got a game plan. Obviously, he's stuck to it. There. You know, let's not rush him. Let's not put it in the microwave. It, uh, it'll take uh, at least a, a few years to build this team into a legitimate Super Bowl contender again. But he had a pretty good mentor in watching how Rich McKay and Tony Dungy did it in Tampa and watching how it was done uh, in Denver. And add to that his own intelligence. And, and I don't see why everybody was so... Um, skeptical of him when he uh, took the job with the 49ers. I, I thought it was an inspired move by an organization that frankly hadn't made a whole lot of inspired moves in the last several years. Well, and I add to that with Lynch's background and pedigree that for very briefly when he was at Stanford, he played under a head coach named Bill Walsh. So I've heard of him. That, yeah. That's even more pedigree to, you know, John Lynch has worked around a lot of brilliant football players or people in his career, both as a player and as a broadcaster. So he he's had a master class in how to do this by some of the best that ever have. Hey, I have a, one quick question for you. Did uh, Is it true that the Buccaneers tried to trade Aguayo to Chicago <laughs> during the draft? Come on, Jim. That's for a second, cruel, for a second round choice. <laughs> uh, Aguayo doesn't have a lot of trade value at this point, as, as Henderson will uh, back me up on. Uh, how he, how he does that be, stop Chicago, though? <laughs> he will be fortunate to hold on to his job because they have Nick Folk in. Folk's a veteran kicker, nice good pedigree. Kicker. Yep. Um, and I'm telling you this, and, and, and I think everybody would agree. We'll be if watching Folk, the hard knocks. If Folk outkicks Aguayo in training camp, He's yep. going to get that job, um, and, and, and Aguayo's resume is going to mean diddly, zero, because you got Dirk Cutter screaming at light. You know, we got to take our best guy. We can't afford a guy missing, uh, costing us a game. It could be, a, you know, the game that keeps us out of the playoffs. So I don't care where Aguayo was picked, Joe, at this point, 
he, he yeah. better have a good training camp. My uh, my son, uh, the great Ben Henderson, uh, majored in economics at Winthrop University, and a uh, fine institution. And mm-hmm. he would describe what we have with Aguayo as sunk costs. It is, you've, you've paid the price, you're not going to recoup it, and doubling down on it could only make it worse. You can make a strong argument, and I think I will, that Aguayo costs the bucks making the playoffs in 2016 with his inconsistency. And um, that's that dog's not going to hunt this year. <laughs> that is, you know, he's. I'm sure he's a fine talent. If they cut him from here, he'll probably go someplace else and be a Hall of Famer and good on him if he does. But, you know, um, he, young man's got a lot of got, got a lot. He's got a show uh, and there won't be anybody in preseason have more riding on his shoulders than Aguayo. Well, there's any question about that. Um uh, any other final thoughts about uh, the 2017 draft? Anything that impressed you or surprised you or something thought, that you look uh, forward to? Jim, I, I thought Jacksonville did well with, um, you know, with Fournette and, and Cam Robinson. Nice mm-hmm. one-two punch. Uh, you know, maybe, you know, this is the last go-around for Bortles. We all know that. Mm-hmm. Um, if he doesn't step up, uh, they're going to move on and take a quarterback right. uh, next year. He knows that. Uh, so mm-hmm. Coughlin comes in. He's calling the shots. So he, you know, he gets him a left tackle and and a and a, and a running back that's gonna you know touch the ball uh, twenty twenty five times. That that's mm-hmm. not bad if you're Blake Bortles. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will now turn it over to Mr. Henderson to discuss his Bengals because <laughs> uh, I think they had a pretty good draft, Joe. I think they had a, uh, an outstanding, if somewhat controversial, draft. Um, we all know they took Joe Mixon in the second round, who coincidentally now has, has uh, chosen to wear number 28 for the Bengals, which Ira, being a master of trivia, will immediately that's know. A, Ad- that's a very Ad- interesting number. That's uh, Adrian Peterson's number. Yeah. And uh, so um, I be as good on the field as Adrian Peterson. That, that, that'll be a fine comparison uh, we hope it doesn't turn out the other way off the field. Now, um, let's just be honest. But Mike Brown thinks he's the father Flanagan of the NFL. He is the patron saint of lost causes. And, you know, the fact that Adam Jones, a.k.a. Pac-Man, still draws a paycheck from the Bengals after everything he's done is proof that that Mike Brown is a forgiving man, and somebody was going to draft this guy. At the end of the day, I, you know, Mike Brown knows he's going to get criticized, and Mixon's going to get booed everywhere he goes. Um, but if he comes in and runs like everybody says he can, uh, the Bengals are back in the playoffs, and there's just no question about that. Now, there's a little risky pick there uh, in the first round. Ross has had. Uh, some significant injuries, but golly, has that guy got some speed. And as we saw last year, um, A.J. Green needed help, and uh, receiving core was was very, very mediocre last year for the Bengals. So I I think they they did fine. Let's, you know, but you got to do it on the field. 
Real quick, where did Marlon Mack go? He went in the fourth round to Indianapolis, Okay. which surprised me. I thought the Bucks might grab him uh, at three. Um, what would you think, Ira, about that? I was a little surprised I'm, I'm, that they didn't. I'm absolutely with you, Joe. I, I didn't think the Bucks would wait till the fifth round, Jim, take a running mm-hmm. back, uh, you know, out of Boise State named McNichols. Uh, got some good numbers at Boise State competition, a little shaky. Ironically, that's where Doug Martin went and uh, and where Dirk Cutter uh, began his head coaching career. So there's some ties with Boise State. But, you know, I, I certainly thought Mar- Marlon Mack was in play. I, I think Joe's right. Instead, they traded up late in the third round to take a linebacker that's coming off knee surgery. Might be good down the line, guys, but I, I don't see where Beckwith's going to really be uh, much of a factor. Uh, in, in 2017, so I, I thought that was an odd choice. A linebacker, you trade up to take a linebacker off with, who just came off a knee surgery, huh? Yes. Eesh, that's not something. An ACL, uh, but, and not just a, you know. Well, thank I mean, God that linebackers don't have to cut, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, Maybe Jason uh, Light should hire a guy just to make sure every draft day. You're not allowed to trade up, Jason. No. Just, just have him sit next to him whenever he reaches for his phone. No, Jason. Put put the phone down. Put it, <laughs> turn it hey, off. Tim, uh, hey, Tim, are we finally going to get an end to uh, Garrett Blunt's, uh, you know, wandering around the wilderness? Could that come down uh, this week? Maybe, the, uh, maybe there's a couple of teams might be interested in Blunt finally. I think so. I think people were waiting until after the draft to see if – Maybe the running back they were looking at that they prized that they thought they might be able to get in the second or third round didn't fall to them. And now there are some teams that could use a running back that could use a guy that could compete for a starting job or at least get those tough bruiser yards that LeGarrette Blunt can. I think this is a good opportunity for him to sign. And it's kind of surprising that he's still out there. I I think that they're... There are going to be people who start in the NFL at running back who aren't quite as good as Garrett Blunt, so it's surprising to me that he's still out there. You know who's surprising to me that he's still out there? It's Colin Kaepernick. What the heck? You know? Uh, yeah, okay, we all know what he did last year, but the dude can play. And, uh, you know, it's somebody's missing the boat. I, I'm, I like Kaepernick. And you know, in a very bad situation last year, he played pretty darn well. You know, he somebody needs to take that guy. And Cleveland, what are you waiting for? I'm serious. You know, Jim, uh, with Kaepernick, I think Joe's right. Um, we're not hearing the truth. We're not hearing the truth from NFL executives. Uh, no, no shock there. But by that, I mean... You know, the the wisdom out there is, nah, you know, he's got to be in a certain offense, and, and uh, we can't change our offense around completely. If he's the number two guy and our number one goes down, it's not going to work. I'm, I I don't buy it, Jim. I don't buy it. I mean, the extraneous, uh, you know, factors with Kaepernick are not extraneous. They're, they're in the forefront. Um, you know, teams don't want to face the backlash for a guy who may not even be their starter. And, uh I, I don't think it's about Kaepernick's uh, abilities. I, I really don't. Uh, uh, people don't want to talk about it, but it's right there, uh, right in the forefront. I don't think there's well, any question that the for, Hamilton. 
uh, you know, they, excuse me, the um, Hamilton Tiger Cats uh, own the own the draft rights. They got them both for Colin Kaepernick and Robert Griffin the third. Well, uh, here's the here's the thing. Um, I was talking about the the backlash that would come, and and you know we sat here and debated what would the Bucks do for, you know, what would they do if Jameis Winston went down, mm-hmm. you know, and they got two guys and back him. Now I don't know that Kaepernick would want to come here and back up Jameis Winston, but Air Force Base Central Command right here in Tampa. Right. Can you imagine the backlash if the Bucks were to take him? It would be ginormous. But um, at the end of the day, you're trying to win football games. The, you know, is the all the every NFL franchise has to answer to their fans about their one loss record at the end of the year. So I think maybe there are situations out there where he could come in and play when I think a Cleveland uh, is, is one of those. And I don't care if they just took the next great uh, quarterback, uh, you know, in uh, Brock Osweiler <laughs> traded for him. Um, but um, you're trying to win and you've got a quarterback guru and Hugh uh, Jackson there. So just, Go ahead and pull the trigger and bring this guy in and win some football games. It's really sad that in the NFL, Colin Kaepernick is too controversial to touch and Joe Mixon's a second-round pick. There's something wrong when when those two things are uttered together. That sounds like a tweet and a good one. (laughs) In fact, I might do it. You know, you've got, you know, I'll I'll put in a couple of sentences here for Robert Griffin. I I think Robert, um, you know, Bucks fans, if you're looking for a backup quarterback, I would, uh, I would, I would write a letter of recommendation for Robert Griffin III. I think uh, he's a, he's a kind of a guy who might, uh, you know, flourish with someone like Dirk Cutter as a second, you know, as a backup guy. He certainly wouldn't be a bad uh, run. And, and he, to Joe's point about having the Air Force base, given the fact that, you know, he is definitely a military kid, that, that might be, a, you know, a, not a bad situation from that you know, standpoint. I, no, he, he, he would be popular. Yeah, uh, Jim, I, I still remember Griffin's rookie year. And, um, mm-hmm. boy, he, he was so poised, you know. Mm-hmm. The guy threw, I think, five interceptions. On the right. season, right. Um, and you know, look, we know about his uh, his physical problems. They're, they're varied and 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 uh, and immense. But uh, you got to think this guy deserves a second chance, Jim. You you really do. I'll tell you what that I mean. Without getting in too deep into this uh, on Robert, uh, credit Kyle Shanahan. The moment they drafted him, Kyle Shanahan's literally went down to Waco, Texas, sat down with Robert, and they created a playbook. Um, you know, Kyle had his plays. Robert had the plays that he knew what he could do. And they created a playbook that worked for Robert. And, you know, it was, um, 
you know, it, it was a very interesting thing. Now, I'm going to say something that's not going to get me a lot of – I don't have that many fans to begin with. So, anyway, it doesn't, it's not that big a deal. Um, you, you know, the old saying, you can't lose what you don't have. Um, his father is uh, Mike, who was the head coach at the time, basically screwed that whole thing up. And uh, the whole relationship and the, the whole situation and, the, and you know, and, and – you know, when he got hurt and then rushing him back and then, you know, the whole thing about getting him back so that he would be ready to play for the second, you know, the first game of the season, which was a Monday night football game on ESPN against the Eagles and, you know, Chip Kelly's team and all this. And it was just, he was rushed. And and I think that had, if Kyle had had time with Robert and that uh, and Robert had been given an opportunity to heal properly and get ready that... Uh, that that whole thing might have ended up in a different situation, but uh, it didn't. And I think that, you know, you've got a guy in Tampa who is a, uh, a quarterback expert in, in Dirk Cutter. It might be a good resting place, uh, you know, for a nice pillow landing for Robert and backing up Jameis Winston wouldn't be such a bad deal. And I think that uh, he'd be a good insurance policy for someone like Jameis. I completely agree. Um, the everybody's sitting there right now, going, uh, listening to this, going, "I don't know." He gets hurt. He does this. He does that. To that, the first thought any Buck fan would have if they saw Jameis Winston sprawled out, field, and sending out the gurney would be, "Oh my God, what have we got?" <laughs> And, you know, with, with Mike Glennon, you had a little bit of a security blanket, uh, right, Ira? Uh, right. And, and now that, that blanket's gone. And with the way that they bulked up this season, this offseason, uh, to make what should be uh, a legitimate run of the playoff spot, Vegas notwithstanding, you can't just leave the backup quarterback job to chance. You just can't. So, you know, as much, it's as much about the confidence that your team has and that the fans have uh, as it is, you know, kind of what, what they would say, well, we see on the practice field that these other two guys uh, can do the job. We have complete confidence in them. Yeah, give me a guy who's been in the playoff fire, who started and won big football games. And, you know, you do that, people would have a much – greater comfort level uh, watching somebody like RG3 come off the bench. Jim, uh, what, what I hear from the Buck Brain Trust, and, and I don't know uh, whether uh, this is valid or not, but at least it gives an insight into their thinking is, you know, they'd rather go with a guy like Griffin at this point, um, not Robert Griffin, Ryan Griffin, um, mm-hmm. who's totally unproven, uh, rather than pick up, you know, the Blaine Gabberts of the world uh, who have proven uh, in their mind, in the Bucks' minds, that they can't get the job done, can't. So, Joe, I don't know if you buy in that, but that that seems to be the thinking there. But very risky business having two guys between them have never thrown an NFL pass. Uh, I do not buy it. My question Period. is, how many teams do you think in the NFL can make the playoffs if their backup quarterback takes eight or more starts? I can think of one. The New England Patriots. <laughs> Anyone else? 
fact, I think they did that, didn't they? Well, they went 11 and five and missed the playoffs one year because right. of, it was just a loaded AFC year, but he, they went 11 and five. I would consider that a yeah. playoff team, whether they well, make it or exactly. not. Yeah. My point is I, I just don't think there are a lot of teams out there and that includes the bucks who could lose their starter for a significant period of time and not have it derail their season. Now, that doesn't mean you don't need a good backup because if a starter misses three or four weeks, that should be an acceptable risk that you should be able to get past. And right. I'm not okay. sure Tampa Bay can right now. But in terms of missing significant time, I really just don't see anyone besides maybe the Patriots making the playoffs without their starter. I'll throw a guy at you a team at you. The Cincinnati Bengals could do that. A.J. McCarron was terrific when he had to step in down the stretch uh, with, with no experience for Andy Dalton a couple yeah, of years ago. Mm-hmm. Should have won the, uh, put them in a position to win the playoff game against the Steelers before they got perfected. So, um, but there aren't a whole lot, to your point, there aren't a, there aren't a whole lot of teams that could say that. But so I would that's, say- why, that's why a lot of teams want, want A.J. McCarron. Correct. And, correct. And um, what's going to be interesting to me there, Ira, as long as the, uh, the mighty Bengals control his rights, what happens if they flame out this year? Last year wasn't all Andy Dalton's fault, obviously. What happens if they don't make it? And Andy Dalton's making a lot of money, and you got A.J. McCarron sitting there, and you got a reboot. I think they might just decide, you know what, let's let's go with McCarran and see what we can get, if anything, for Andy Dalton. Just I think my that's thought. right. I think that's right. Well, you know, um, I think the other part, and this is a question back to Iron, you guys on, on this one. I don't know that uh, – I, I would not feel comfortable um, – Standing there and saying, "Okay, we're ready." You know, we've 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 uh, we brought in, you know, Jackson. We just you know ended up with a superstar tight end that we just drafted. And oh, by the way, my backup quarterback's ne- never taken a snap in the National Football League. Um, uh, you're right. I mean, it doesn't. Uh, it's a subject that doesn't come up, Joe, often here in Tampa. Um, but you know, even though Glennon is not in the future of the Chicago Bears. Um, he very much impacts uh, the presence uh, of the Tampa Bay Bucks, And Tim's point is exactly right. If your quarterback's down for 10 weeks, you're likely done. You're likely done. But if he's down for three or four, Joe, you know, the old knee sprain, three or four yeah. weeks, hamstring, um, you, you go one and four uh, instead of uh, three and two, um, that, that's the difference uh, for a team like the Bucks, Dolphins, you know, teams that are, aren't bad, uh, that are, you know, trying to get from nine wins to, to 10 or 11. Um, that's, the, that's the critical difference right there. And then, and then if that happens, we're killing them for not having a, a decent backup. We're just yeah. killing them. So, but that's life in the NFL, too. Well, we know everything. They know nothing. That's well, joke, you know, that's true. I don't think there's any question about that. <laughs> and, and Jim, um, one, Jim, one more thing in terms of the Bucks. Yeah. Uh, and, and Tim will back me up on this. Uh, they're not paying Winston a lot of money right now. Now, wait, wait till Winston gets the second contract. You know, Jason Light's already talking about, you know, Andrew Luck money. And, and whatever Winston wants, Winston's going to get. 
this is a, this is the guy that the Glazers think is the first franchise quarterback that they've ever had. Not going to mess with Jameis Winston. So right now, the guy's an incredible bargain. And my point is, don't don't go cheap with the backup. Don't go cheap. Well, no. I mean, Mr. Winston's contract, that second contract means an awful lot to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers organization because anyone that knows something about that team will tell you they've never signed a quarterback to a second contract. That's, that's a great point, Tim. You're right. You're absolutely right. Which is a stunning, uh, that's a stunning factoid, Joe. Stunning. Stunning. But, you know, we've lived here. We saw it. And they've had good quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, does that include Doug Williams? Definitely. Uh, yes, 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 it does. Yes, it does. That's how he wound up in the USFL because Hugh Culverhouse uh, spit on the ground was uh, too cheap to pay him, and uh, so he ran off to, to the Oklahoma Outlaws, I believe it was. And then, and then when I saw him last, it was with the Arizona Wranglers, and then not until right. the Buck and I mean the the Washington Redskins, but. Uh, the Arizona Rangers. Joe, Joe, uh, Joe, after the 2010 season, Joe, Buck fans had every reason to think Freeman was going to be that guy. Who, who didn't think that after 2010? They won That's 10 true. games. Uh, Freeman was fabulous. 25 touchdowns, six picks. Uh, he was the man. Big, strong kid. First year as a starter. They win 10 games. And then, Jim, it all goes south, so... That's how fast it can happen. I I don't think it'll happen with Winston, but you you just never know. I I don't I don't think it'll happen for Winston. I would love to see them go out and sign one of the quarterbacks that we have um, advocated for them today uh, as a backup, and sometime during the um, upcoming um, hard knocks, I expect to see Ira, you or Joe, walk out and. You know, walk over to Dirk and explain to him why he should have a better backup quarterback than what he's got. It's part of the hard knocks. We do this because we care. It's a public service that That's we right. offer here at the Sunshine Boys. That's right. Absolutely. You know, you know Jim, I, I don't want to hear it from you, but I'm going to give you advance warning that uh, yes. when, I'm, when I'm standing around Dirk Cutter after a training camp practice, yeah. and, and Tim, Tim, this goes out to you too. Um, if you see me in, in, in the throng, I, I will be wearing my Cadillac shirt and my Cadillac hat because uh, that's my sponsor for uh, my job at Joe Buck's fan. Uh, in other words, gentlemen, and Henderson will back me up, I have no shame at this point, Jimmy. Oh, there's nothing. Well, Look, at this, Ira, at this point. <laughs> Ira, Ira, for 40 years, baby, I wore anything they made me wear uh, or any. <laughs> I drank any beer they asked me to do. I, you know, hey, you know, if there is a lady of the evening here, uh, that would be me. Uh, there's no it's way. It's called product you know, placement, Mr. It, Tim Williams. And, it is uh, absolutely. And and if any sponsors are out there listening, we mean this. That's right. <laughs> we all wear shirts. We will all, you know, hats. Cars, Love whatever you want to do, <laughs> paint houses, whatever it takes. Um, no, absolutely. And Ira, we will absolutely make sure that everybody knows that. And if they're going to get sponsored, Cadillac is not a bad sponsor by any stretch of imagination. <laughs> High class 
Well, look, boys, uh, we're getting to that point where we need to wrap things up. So, all right, Tim, real quick, give us your final thoughts on uh, this NFL draft and um, where we can get you on social media. Well, when it comes to the NFL draft, it's, it's a lot of fun to break things down. It's a lot of fun to talk about who teams got and how good they look. And certainly all the it, – it, I can forgive any Bucks fan for saying O.J. Howard is the steal of the draft. We're so, you know, everyone's so happy they got him. I'm happy the Bucks got him. It was a great pick. But let's remember, nobody drafted this weekend has ever played a down of NFL football, and there's nothing close to the NFL. College football's great, but they've never played in anything remotely like the NFL. They're in. They're all in for a long journey and some development to become the players they're going to be. So let's not forget that when evaluating these guys as rookies, because this is the league of instant gratification. We want everyone to come in and be great right away, but it doesn't usually work that way. Those guys are a lot more rare than we like to think. And you can find me on Twitter at Tim Wright's sports. Oh, and while we're at it on the NFL, happy birthday, Gene Deckerhoff. Okay. Mr. Kaufman. All right. You can find me on Twitter, uh, Jim, at, at iKaufman76. Uh, I think maybe the most intriguing team last Thursday night uh, w- were my Kansas City Chiefs. I go back you know, a long way to mm-hmm. the Lynn Dawson yep. days. Yep. And they moved up from 27 to I think it was 12. That's a big, big jump. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they took a quarterback named Pat Mahomes who makes all kinds of throws from all kinds of angles but also makes some terrible decisions out there. In other words, he's raw. And for Chief fans to think that he's going to start year one, that, that's crazy. He's not. But that is a message to Alex Smith. You're on the short leash. And as a Chief fan, I think that's the way to go. Uh, maybe this kid will flame out. Maybe he won't. But Andy Reid was there when Brett Favre started off with Green Bay, and he's got some Favre qualities. That doesn't mean he's going to end up being a Hall of Famer. But, guys, Alex Smith, let's be honest. He's okay, and he can get you so far. But the last time I saw Alex Smith, I was sitting there for a game in freezing Kansas City. I was watching on TV, of course. And he did absolutely nothing in that playoff game against Pittsburgh. And the Chiefs defense was getting pushed around, but Pittsburgh kept having to settle for field goals. But the Chiefs couldn't move the ball. and. That's my memory of Alex Smith. You, you, you can get 10 wins out of him, but when it counts, he can't get it done. And very ballsy move by the Chiefs could turn out to be one heck of a move, Joe. We'll see. So, Ira, get your social media in there, bud. Uh, at iKaufman76 on Twitter. And so Alex Smith is on the clock, as we on say. The clock. Uh, okay. Joseph, you're up. All right, you can find me on Twitter at the initial J Henderson Tampa. And um, one quick thing we haven't talked about, uh, it has nothing to do with the draft, but uh, kind of a, a very interesting story came out in the last several days about Marshawn Lynch joining the Oakland Raiders. And if there, were, if there was ever a player that was made perfectly for a team uh, and vice versa, uh, it, it is this marriage between uh, Marshawn Lynch and the Raiders. So 
maybe that's a little farewell present team to a city it's abandoning for the second time. But I think the if he's got anything left, and there's there, it's debatable. We'll have to see it on the field. But uh, to go to Tim's point, unlike all these free agents or these you know these uh, college kids who have not played a down in the NFL, Marshawn Lynch has had great success, and uh, the Raiders needed something good to happen to them, and they may just have gotten it. That brings to a close yet another edition of the Sunshine Boys podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the Sunshine Boys. You can do it by going to the iTunes store. You can do it by Google Play. You can also do it right here at Blog Talk Radio, as well as through Stitcher. So there's no excuse for you not subscribing to the Sunshine Boys podcast. So for Ira Kaufman, Joe Henderson, Tim Williams, I'm Jim Williams, your host. Have a wonderful week, and we'll be back next time on the Sunshine Boys podcast.